This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another Tuesday edition of Round Ball Stew. I'm your host, Ryan Knauss. With me is my co-host, Jared Johnson. Jared, I don't think we've talked about it, but I, I may have called you a guest last week. If I did, I apologize. You're very much very much in the, in the co-host seat. I can go with either title. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think co-host, given that we collaborated on the rundown for today's show. Right. Uh, speaking of which, we're going to start out with an Edge Plus pickup of the day. That's from our premium season tools package. Then we're going to get right into the news from Monday's games, highlights, lowlights, some actionable fantasy information. There's a lot to cover. So let's start out with the Edge Plus pickup of the day. This comes courtesy of our colleague Jonas Nader. And we are talking about Kenrick Williams. Jonas writes, rostered in just 1% of leagues, the man they call Kenny Hustle. When the Thunder needed a spark in their game versus Houston, Kenrick and Alexei Pokusevsky were the only ones to bring it. Williams ended up scoring 12 points with four rebounds, three assists, one block, two triples in 22 minutes. And you have to think his minutes jump this weekend versus Philly. The best part about him is he's seed minutes. Oh, he's seen minutes at positions one through four throughout his career. So he has multiple paths to playing time. And coach Mark Dagnall raved about him, saying after the game, he played himself to exhaustion, set a tone for us in terms of competitive spirit, and was a bright spot for us. Jonas concludes, is this a bold pick? It absolutely is. But the good news is he's rostered in 1% of Yahoo leagues. So feel free to see what he does on Sunday before making the plunge, since he's still pretty hidden. I love it, Jonas. Good stuff. With Kenny Hustle in the bank, we can move on to headline news from Monday's games. Let's start with Boston versus Charlotte. This was a highlight factory. Uh, Jared, I don't know if you caught any of this game, but it was exceptional. Uh, went into overtime. Jason Tatum, I mean, the Celtics dominated OT. It was really Tatum and Brown who did the, the heavy lifting, but Robert Williams was everywhere. Uh, Dennis Schroeder came out big as a fill-in starter. Jason Tatum finished with 41 points, 8 assists, 7 rebounds. Just the superstar mode that we've been wanting to see. It's here. He had six threes, 14 of 28 shooting. He's an absolute beast. What else What else jumps out to you? We could talk about Robert Williams real quick if you'd like. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Robert Williams played really well, but it comes with the caveat that Al Horford was resting for that one. Or was it an actual injury? I don't recall exactly, but I think it was a rest day. Uh, but that that how well Horford has played is really concerning. Because when he's on the court alongside the Time Lord, his stats are totally different. And you you pulled those up uh, with Horford. It's only four games, but uh, 5.5 points, five boards, two blocks, and a steal. And without 14 points, 13 boards, and four blocks, and 1.5 steals, 3.5 assists. That's a clearly an obvious difference there. And that's what we were talking about last week, how we were concerned about how Al Horford could impact 
uh, Robert Williams. Now, the good news is he's been consistent with those blocks, but I'm a little bit concerned about volatile production in all of the other categories. It doesn't worry me too, too much. What I'm keeping my eye on is the playing time. He's he's at 28 minutes with Horford, 40.5 without. Now, that's exaggerated because there was this overtime game, and then the previous one that Horford missed was the opener, and I, I believe that was a double overtime game versus the Knicks. So there's been a lot of extra periods for him to... Uh, I need to stop doing these overtimes. <laughs> or keep it up if you're a Celtics, Celtics uh, fantasy managers. Well, that brings me to Jalen Brown. With the overtimes, um, he came back, put up a big stat line, but he did miss that game with the knee tendinopathy, which is the same issue that plagued Kawhi. I don't know how much it was an actual injury, though, versus them resting him. He comes out out of quarantine and goes in the first game of the season, has a double overtime game. (laughs) Uh, and then he plays another game heavy minutes and his knee was bothering him and he scored like nine points in that game and then he rests on the back-to-back he comes back and another freaking overtime game (laughs) i'm concerned like if if that knee was an actual issue and it wasn't a rest day i'm marginally concerned but i'm also not going to jump ship but i guess if you had him and it does freak you out enough you could exchange him for an equally talented player if someone was willing to make that trade in your league. I agree. I think, you know, as to it being a real injury or not, I think it's real enough. Uh, it's something he dealt with throughout the entirety of last season, really. Uh, there were occasional flare-ups, DMPs here and there, but he did end up playing in, I think, 80% of the Celtics games, slightly over, so that would you know, equate to roughly 65 games played in, an, in a full 82-game season. That's tolerable. Uh, that's about in line with what most top 200 players are going to average. Um, you know, and when he's been out there, he's been awesome. On the plus side, we don't have to worry about his surgically repaired wrist. That looks fine. You know, on the downside, like in overtime, there was a fast break and Tatum hit him with a nice pass and he threw down a dunk right over Miles Bridges, came down kind of awkwardly. And I was like holding my breath for 30 seconds after that play. I couldn't even focus on the good thing that happened. (laughs) I was so worried about his knees. Um, I do think to your point, though, that there's going to be plenty of opportunities for when the Celtics are not in a busy stretch. There's, you know, not too many back to backs. He hasn't had a DMP in a couple weeks where there are going to be those moments where you can easily flip Brown for a, a top 30 guy. So uh, not too not too worried about him. And then Dennis Schroeder looked good. Uh, 28 points, I think eight assists or eight, eight rebounds and six, whatever the other one was. Uh, he was starting, the Celtics went small with Horford out. You, you know, the real intrigue here, and I think we noted this in our player news blurb, is that Marcus Smart has been really struggling as the full-time point guard. So it's it's possible that Schroeder gets back out there. There's no, you know, it's not written in stone that Al Horford is going to start at power forward either. So uh, there's a possibility that that this moves the needle a little bit towards Schroeder. I think he should be rostered pretty much everywhere. Uh, he's playing well enough, um, and especially with the assists. Uh, he, ten- he tends to not offer much in the way of defensive stats, but he can be a solid contributor, points, triples, and dimes. Um, I have him in a few leagues. And it, it was interesting to see him start alongside uh, Smart and have a solid game. Um, and you're right, Smart has been struggling. Um, 
I think that he'll turn it around at some point, you know, soon enough. Uh, but the complete lack of offense is mildly concerning, I guess. <laughs> um, and when you can just mix, when you can throw in Schroeder, who's going to give you more production than that? I don't know. It's a, uh, it's a little bit of a, lots of, lots of log jams going on in Boston. Mm. And Schroeder, uh, you know, his ADP was pretty low. I believe he's possibly on the waiver wire in 10 team leagues, things like that. And he's not the most efficient guy. So, you know, with so many, with Brown and Tatum controlling the action, and if Smart were a full-time point guard and really handling the ball all the time, it it makes it tough for Schroeder. That's why I wasn't very high on him at all. But uh, yeah, there might be a path here now. So definitely, definitely higher than where he was to start the year. Uh, on, on the Hornets' end of the ledger, I know you wanted to talk about Miles Bridges, another massive game. Uh, despite everything he did, the Hornets could not pull it out. But what do you what do you make of his hot start? Is this sustainable? I'm starting to feel like I drafted the wrong M Bridges as a top fifty guy. I I targeted <laughs> targeted Macal Bridges a lot, and he's you know he's been okay, but nothing spectacular. And then you got Miles Bridges coming out like a man on fire. Uh, if you drafted PJ Washington over him, you're probably just ruining the decision. Uh, do you think this is sustainable, or is this a bit of an early season uh, hot streak? That's the question I was going to ask you because I don't know. Okay, let's let's figure it out. <laughs> uh, but uh, he's clearly a part of that offense. But Terry Rozier hasn't played. I mean, he had a good game when even Terry was was playing, though. Like it's been consistent. Uh, I guess so. I guess this is the Bridges show. Um, like, what would? prevent him would it be Rozier would that I don't think that's really gonna prevent him from doing what he's been doing I think the the question here is you know the the volume he's taking a ton of shots uh he only took eight shots in the opener but then he had 24 in the second game uh 16 yeah exactly and I don't have time to look back at this but you know I don't think he took 20 plus shots more than once all of last season in fact i just scanned it and he didn't uh only on the penultimate game of this season last year an ot game did he crack 20 field goal attempts he's now done it twice in four games on a roster that's loaded with offensive weapons with right there now and hayward and and then you mentioned rogier so i do think that when rogier comes back bridges usage dips and the the overall offensive volume declines However, I'll say that I don't think his production is all that fluky in terms of him being efficient, filling it up across the board. We've seen him do that for long stretches, including last season, particularly after the All-Star break. Uh, 16 points, 6 boards, 2.5 dimes, a block, and uh, 0.6 steals. Shot 50% from the field, and that included high-volume threes. So, I like everything about him. I know our... uh, uh, podcast colleague Matt Straub is very high on Bridges and is probably crowing about about all the statistical <laughs> goodies he's bringing in right now. But so I tend to buy it. I do think this is a high water mark, but you can't really trade him based on that because everybody knows it's a high water mark, right? No one yeah. expects Bridges to be the, a top ten guy in nine cat as he is currently. Right. So right, I, I think take the win. Expect him to net out as like a top fifty, top sixty guy. Uh, and that's fine based on where you drafted him. Another question or topic about sustainability from this game, LaMelo Ball hit seven of 14 three-pointers, 
the man is simply on fire from downtown after a bit of a, a shaky preseason. He's 50% from deep. He's had some rough nights in there, but do you buy it? I mean, he, he looks confident. Yeah, he's knocking him not? down. It, it, yeah. Okay. You're, you're, you're in? Yeah. He's a three-point shooter. I mean, yeah, <laughs> of course. Fully in. I mean, he's, uh, he's going to get better. It's his second mm-hmm. year. This is how he got better. He worked mm-hmm. on his shot and uh, yeah, it looks real to me. I don't. I, he's going to have a phenomenal season. He's going to go like from taking such a massive leap, uh, but it's it's completely within range because that's who he is. He's an incredibly talented NBA player. Um, yeah, it's real, man. Enjoy the ride if you have for it. real. <laughs> and I'm with you. I, I fully buy in because. I- you know, I couldn't be a skeptic about him after what he did as a rookie. He came in with so many, so many right. questions about his jumper, about his ability to shoot and, you know, courts uh, stretching issues, all that stuff. And he silenced pretty much all of it as a rookie. And now he comes back, as you said, worked on his game, better three-point shooter. He took one that was in the Dame Steph range towards the end of regulation, I think, from like six feet behind the arc and back rimmed it. Like it was right on line. And I'm like, wow, if he's he's already got the confidence to just jack up that shot, forget it. So um, I love it. Yeah, he's been doing that. Like, do <laughs> you remember when he scored in his high school? He scored like 100 points or something. <laughs> you know, I'm sure I heard I mean, that. But I, it, he used to, I don't remember. He always used to jack up <laughs> just like, that was that was actually a flaw. Like he he always used to take like these half court shots. But look, he's he's improving. He has been working on this. Yeah, like, I I'm fully on nice. board with him. All right. And then speaking of another guy, I know you are fully on board with. Let's pivot to Detroit and or rather Atlanta, where the Hawks beat the Pistons. But it yeah. was our man Isaiah Beef Stew Stewart. Beef stew, <laughs> who came came alive, thirteen points on six of nine, seven boards, five assists, three blocks, and a steal in twenty nine minutes. The key for me here, I think we we knew he'd get going eventually, but Jeremy Grant was out for this one. He had an infected elbow. We saw Kelly Olynyk start and play thirty minutes. Uh, they fared well together. So, do you see any lasting implications here? Does you know what does this game do for you? I sure hope so, because before that, Kelly Olenek and uh, Beef Stew were not sharing the floor. Mm. And I hope that Dwayne Casey sees this game and goes, oh, yeah, that can work. There's no reason why they have to. He's like doing these hockey rotations where he just subs full units. Um, so that that just the ability to log minutes alongside Olenek is really going to help him. That increases his minutes. And look, if this guy's getting 30 minutes a night, he's going to be really good. Uh, 15 points, eight boards, two blocks is reasonable. That's a reasonable expectation for this kid. So, yeah, I, I just hope that Dwayne Casey saw something that worked and, and continues to go with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. That was the biggest red flag for me early. Not a couple quiet games for Stewart, but the fact that he wasn't playing alongside Olenek, which I had touted throughout the preseason as like don't worry about Olenek's impact because they're, they're going to end <laughs> up you know Olenek's best at four and five so it'll be fine um, and then of course we hadn't seen that yet so I, I am definitely hoping this becomes a trend another let's see we got moving to Orlando two young guys making a big impact 
Uh, Franz Wagner, Wagner in particular, another really strong game, continues to be efficient even in a low volume role. Uh, finished Monday's game with 15 points, four assists, two threes, two rebounds, a steal, a block, zero turnovers. And he wow. did it in 27 minutes. Uh, this game got out of hand, and Orlando rested their starters for parts of it. Uh, only one starter played more than 28 minutes. So Wagner has been playing a ton of minutes recently. I'm fully on board. I've I've picked him up in a couple leagues, and I was thrilled to do so. I managed to draft him really late in 30 deep, uh, so that, that looks like a huge value. Do you think that he can sustain this, or are you worried about the impact of Jonathan Isaac long term? I don't. I don't think Jonathan Isaac messes with him. I mean, Jonathan. He, they're because he play won't play. Positions. <laughs> oh, that was a deep cut. <laughs> um, no, I think that he can be fine. Um, it's Franz Wagner seems like the forgotten man of this draft class. No one was really hyping him, mm. and yep. um, he has played really well. Um, he's do. He was often the rookies that perform are lottery picks. He was a high lotto pick, so there's no reason why he can't sustain what he's doing. Right. That that was one le- reason I uh, Hampton. I am concerned about. Oh, okay. I don't know about him. Well, and and Hampton finally. It's it's funny timing for you to say that because Hampton finally came through on Monday. He had uh, 12 points, six boards, four assists, two threes, I believe, a steal and a block. Um, you know, a well-rounded line. He continues to lead the second unit. Gets the most minutes of any reserve. Um, you know, Terrence Ross was a total non-factor, zero points on 0 of 7 shooting in 22 minutes. I, I just feel like Hampton Great. is the sixth man. Now, you have to worry about inefficiency, so the percentages are going to hurt, but we we have not seen his upside. I know on a previous pod, I touted him as a potential waiver wire pickup of the year. Finally got a glimpse of that, so I don't look look foolish, but um, <laughs> so you're not buying it rest of season. I wouldn't say I'm not buying it, but I am concerned. Uh, I mean, I guess if Terrence Ross leaves, then sure, then it completely opens it up. But we can't just like say, oh, Terrence Ross is going to get traded. I mean, how we've been saying that every year. So <laughs> it's not like you can't. I don't like making those sorts of predictions based on trades, but because we don't, we have no idea. But um, I mean, the talent is there for RJ. So I guess I'm, I'm lukewarm on him. You're a little bit higher, but I wouldn't say I'm fully off. Yeah, I'm not, not over the moon. I just love the potential that's there, especially for, and same thing goes for Wagner, these, these young, talented guys on a clearly rebuilding team where the competition for minutes is a guy like Terrence Ross and uh, Gary Harris, for instance, who made his season debut on Monday with two points and two assists, played 19 minutes. I, I just feel like these guys, if anything, their roles are going to diminish as the season goes on. And they're already not putting up that much resistance to Hampton getting playing time. So um, in any case, you know, a guy who probably isn't going to fly off your waiver wire tomorrow based on a 12-6-4 line. So, you know, maybe give it a couple more games, but keep him in mind. And if you start to see that uptick, grab him while you still can. Um, yeah. Another player who falls into that mold, a convenient segue, would might be Nasir Little. Uh, Nas Little was the lone bright spot for Portland, I would go out on a limb and say. Uh, Portland got absolutely destroyed last night by the Clippers. Uh, Nas Little filled in as a starter for Norman Powell, who has a knee injury. He had a solid all-around game and stats to go with it. 
Are you buying Nas Little here? Is this just a streaming player? Do you see something? I know Coach Chauncey Billups has really talked him up, kind of said that he's going to be the X factor for this team and they need him to take on a huge huh. role. I I can see it personally. Huh. That gives me more to think about. I didn't know that factor. Uh, I picked him up when Norman Powell went down. I think a lot of his value is going to be tied to what Norman Powell, and this is another knee tendinopathy thing. Um, we don't have a timeline on Norm, um, but if he does need, I, the way I look at it is, hey, go get him and see what he does while Norm is out. And if Norm comes back and he sucks, then you cut him. But you, you, there's no, there's nothing wrong with uh, taking a chance on him, especially when he shows you a little glimpse of upside like he did uh, last night. Yeah, and he, he did have uh, two steals and two blocks in last night's Important. game. His, you know, per 36 for his career, not that great. 0.6 steals, 0.8 blocks per 36 minutes. So that's something I'm watching is, can he actually be a defensive stat guy? Because the offense is probably going to come and go. That's not really his, yeah. his role on this team. But if he can rack up steals and blocks... That gives him staying power. We'll see. Um, And you mentioned the tendinopathy. To be clear, because we mentioned that with Jalen Brown as well, that refers to a wide range of ailments, all of which stem from overuse, essentially. So Mm -hmm. the only thing you can really do is rest, ice, that type of thing. It's not an acute injury. There's no inflammation that they just need to get down and then they can play. Hence, there's no real timetable we can give for guys. It's, It's completely case independent. It's what the medical staff thinks. So unfortunately... Um, all you can do is call Norman Powell date day moving forward. Yes. Let's see. Oh, well, did you want to mention Terrence Mann? I know he finally got going. He's had a very quiet start. Uh, even with Batum back, Mann, Mann found some traction in the blowout. Anything Anything you believe in there? Uh, yeah. I'm, I was, uh, when you told me that he had a good line, I was like, damn it, I cut him in a league. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I, I actually cut him for someone reasonable. Uh, I really believe in him. I believe in his potential and I'd like that the minutes are there. Uh, I want his production to be a little bit more consistent. He's just give us little glimpses, but it hasn't been stellar. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I just think the potential is there for him. It's just how, how consistent can he be? So maybe he's more of a deep league guy. Yeah. Maybe. I like it. Um, All right, let's move on to a speed round because there are nine games. Obviously, I should have said this up top, but this is not going to be a a comprehensive (laughs) highlights and lowlights. We would be here for three hours talking, Uh, but we can speed through some highlights. So three, two, one, let's do it. Carl Anthony Towns piled up stats. I mean, he just went off for DFS in particular, I think, in the single game slate where you multiply the top score, he had something crazy, like 150 or something. Uh, he, he just went nuts. Had 32 points, 14 boards, 7 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks, 4 three-pointers, uh, 8 of 8 from the free throw line. Cat is a monster. I thought he slipped a little too far in most drafts. I love it. Uh, Anthony Edwards had a terrible first half, then absolutely exploded, especially in the third quarter. Had 26 points after halftime. He looks locked and loaded. Jonas Valanciunas had a 22-23 and 23 line, played 39 minutes, and was basically... I mean, Brandon Ingram got his, and Devontae Graham played well, but, I mean, this was Jonas Valanciunas' show. He was unstoppable, granted... The Wolves didn't put up much uh, resistance defensively. So high, but maybe don't 
I'm going to have a little one word response. Yeah, no, I have it. <laughs> Sell high, but maybe don't what? On JV. Oh, okay. Um, we can talk about it later. Got it. Uh, Paul George swiped a career high. Eight steals. Looks fully amazing. Stud. He looks so comfortable out there. That's what I love about it. Yeah. He just looks like a dude who knows that he can get buckets and, and shut, I think shut people down. he can down. be a top three player. I, I would believe that based on how he's playing if he stays healthy. Uh, Kevin Love scored 22 points in 21 minutes. Seems to finally be accepting his new role. You know, the Cavs might... Maybe grab, maybe don't. Yeah. <laughs> I picked him up after Jared pointed out that the Cavs might be featuring him. But... And I told you I'm quitting this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Over Kevin Love, that would really be be something. Um, You know, I'm not even buying it. I really just want to stream him for a little bit this week and then then cut him loose. I don't think you can feature a guy like Kevin Love. It's not like there's anything he's going to show other teams that they don't know already or... How many years does he have left on his contract? I, is he in the final year or is he have two years left? Oh, that I would be... That real quick. Yeah, you look that up in the background. Um, but, I mean, unless every three-pointer he makes shaves $200,000 off his contract, no team is going to trade for him. So, I, I don't <laughs> see that happening. And even if they do, it's going to be bad contract for bad contract. Ugh. Uh, Larry Markinen, his teammate, had four steals, a block, and a decent line. So he's finally on the upswing if you've been holding on to him and suffering. Jarrett Allen continued to absolutely dominate. 21 points on 10 of 11 shooting, 16 boards. I'll admit I wasn't high enough on him. I was a little bit scared off by the crowded front court. He's making everyone who took that plunge feel very smart, including Jared. I know you you panic drafted him in one league at around 50. I did. But hey, man. So. And I thought that I should have taken Nurkic. <laughs> so I'm actually very satisfied with there that. There you go. That's, that's um, definitely working. I would out. like more defensive stats. But hey, Jared, keep it keep it going. Uh, you mentioned Nurkic. That's a preview of the lowlights from Monday's games. We'll get to that in just a second. Rounding this out, Bradley Beal returned from a bruised hip, scored 19 points on 8 of 22 shooting. He had more turnovers than assists, but at least he's healthy. Jimmy Butler went nuts, scored 36 points. Oh, for Beal, for sure. There's a a chance he leads the league in scoring, for sure. I I still think Steph is the favorite. Ooh, good point. Yeah, Steph and Beal, it's it's close. Uh, Jimmy Butler, 36 points on 21 shots, five steals. That's why you drafted him. Tyler Hero continues to look great, had nine dimes off the bench. Kyle Lowry was... all-star. There you go. Kyle Lowry was back from an ankle injury. He looked fine. And finally, Fred Van Vliet dished a career-high 17 assists and a tough loss versus the Bulls. Nice. (laughs) That's all we got for... The highlights from Monday's games. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 
Have you ever spotted McDonald's hot, crispy fries right as they're being scooped into the carton? And time just stands still. Before we get into the lowlights, I'd like to remind you that NBC Sports is celebrating 100 days to the Winter Olympics on Thursday, October 28th. Top Americans Michaela Schifrin and Sean White highlight nearly 3,000 athletes who are expected to compete from around 95 nations. The Winter Olympics begin February 3rd on NBC. All right, moving on to the lowlights from Monday's games. Uh, you mentioned Yusuf Nurkic, so let's just start there. Nurk had four points, ten boards, six turnovers. Now, granted, this was a blowout, but it was partly a blowout because Nurkic wasn't very good. Um, how worried are you by this start? We came into this season with Chauncey Billups talking up Nurkic and saying he's going to have a central role in the offense and all this stuff. Right. Well, his usage is below 20%. Uh, he has not had a central role. He had one assist last night, 23 minutes. It's not really happening for him. How worried are you by this? You know, what concerns me the most is that his minutes have gone down with each game. Mm. Uh, he just saw 23 the last one. It was a blowout, so that was a factor. And also, he hasn't blocked any shots over the past two. Uh, that's concerning. Same time, man, I don't know, because he was also really bad last year. And the one year that he was incredible was for like eight games. And the and the bubble. He was incredible in the bubble. Um, been a mixed bag, honestly. And recently, it's been the, the bad part of the bag. <laughs> um, I'm marginally concerned. I, I think that I would still consider him a buy low. I think he can probably get it going. But like I said, lack of blocks lack of being featured at all in the offense and minutes declining. Um, I'm a little bit concerned about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I didn't draft him because of questions about durability, inefficiency, especially from the line, and turnovers. But I, I will say uh, I'm surprised. I thought, you know, I, I believed a little bit too much in the, in the Billups uh, hype-up game. You know, I'm a fool in, the, in that regard, Jared. I'm, I'm frequently swayed by <laughs> by compelling narratives. Uh, even Christoph Porzingis, who we're not going to talk about today, but he, I think he hoodwinked me this year. Um, but we'll see. Oh, man, I, I don't. <laughs> hey, when, when I when I maybe we should just type, like <laughs> when I watch the Mavs games this year, I'm like, what is this offense? <laughs> what are you doing? Like they just, it's like here, Doncic, dribble 90 times and maybe mm. pass once. Uh, what is this? I don't know. I, I thought that I, I, why is KP being so bad? <laughs> <laughs> why is he being so bad? <laughs> On the one, yeah, it, listen, I think maybe we've set ourselves up to fully diagnose this in a future podcast. I, I think it warrants it. Um, Short term, I'd, yeah. I'd say I'm still hopeful. I mean, KP is a stat magnet, and I do think that the key for him is simply to stay healthy. Hopefully, it's just some early season awkward stages as they adjust to a new head coach and a new system. Uh, but it hasn't looked good. Someone on Twitter, uh, Raptors writer Michael Grange, referred to Christophe Porzingis as Andrea Bargnani with a maximum contract. 
Ouch. <laughs> I was like, deep cut. That is, no, that's not fair. That is harsh. Yikes. So, yeah, again, <laughs> oh, credit to Lord. Michael Grange for that one. Um, all right. Dame, Dame struggled on Monday. He had 12 points on 15 shots. Three of his shots didn't hit the iron. And at a certain point, like this game was getting out of hand. And on one possession, Dame dribbled down. His team wasn't even back yet. And he launched up, you know, a 32-foot three-pointer hit the backboard, didn't catch iron. And then they trotted back down and the Clippers scored again. And I was like, what was that? Like, that was not an all-star play at all. And I know he hits those, you know, but at that moment in the game, man, they needed some momentum and he just completely swung it the other way. So just an off night from him, obviously nothing, nothing to worry about there. Someone there is concern for, however, uh, is Raptors big man, Chris Boucher. My goodness, this this man, this man has Jared muttering already. Uh, Chris Boucher played five minutes on Monday. He had four rebounds, hit a three-pointer, absolutely nothing else. His coach, I, I wrote about this in a blurb and talked about it in a Yahoo video, which if you're unfortunate enough to have Boucher on your roster right now, you might see. But Coach Nick Nurse was asked whether Boucher's play has been a little too up and down this season, and he said, I haven't seen any up. Uh, and then he point blank said he needs to play better, mm-hmm. period. And that was before last night when he played five minutes. So this is without... Eight minutes to five minutes. Ugh. Cool, dude. I, I mean, he's out of the rotation, basically. And this is without Pascal Siakam. Now, that is the crux <sighs> for me. You're sighing, you're you're muttering, so I take it you... Because I don't know. I like Someone asked me and they're like, should I hold him? I'm like, yeah, probably. And then a five-minute game, this is worse than last year. Mm-hmm. And like you said, Pascal's not even playing yet. And they're playing him exclusively at power forward. Mm-hmm. And they're, the, yep. Nick Nurse does not want to play him at center. And they're playing Precious, which I was afraid of. I actually did call Precious, um, but geez, man, it's it's only upside that I have to tell you. That's it. I know. I know the argument. The, 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 the minutes need to be there. If they're not, I don't know what to tell you. The argument wears thin. Oh. I understand. And I have them in one league. It's extremely frustrating. And now I'm looking at a situation thinking to myself, do I hold him through the trade deadline? Do I hold him for three months or, or more, three weeks in a or three months in a couple weeks for a player who's doing nothing, uh, just on the basis that if he manages to get 24 minutes, he'd be a, a, a fantasy value, and even that is almost entirely from blocks. So, man, it's tough because the outlook right now is not good. The best thing he has going for him is that he's on an expiring contract and. Some team might want to, you know, give up assets, future assets to, to bet on his upside. I, I don't know, man. I don't really see it. So if, hey, if you need to cut him, I get it. I can't, I can't, I can't because the upside's so massive, though. It's just, it is uh, freaking nurse. At the same time, to me, uh. because we're early in the season, roles are changing so frequently. You're seeing players break out. And I've referred to this before, but it's the opportunity cost to me. Like, if you're holding someone, you're then missing out, unless you have worse players than Chris Boucher, in which case, God bless, go cut those people. But if if he is the worst player on your roster and you're just letting pickup after pickup go by because you're afraid of cutting Chris Boucher, you're missing out on value now and potential value down the road. So 
it starts to become a different equation. I get the upside, I get it. And maybe I say, hey, it's okay to cut him. And then he's a top 40 guy for the final three months of the season when you need it most. I get that. At the same time, you know, I, I just made the counter argument. So everyone needs to decide for themselves ultimately whether you're a believer here. I would say I can't get on board with cutting him, but yeah. you laid out pretty good argument man uh minutes aren't there it's scary it's tough uh something to watch and again when siakam comes back it it could be lights out for a little while for for boucher's playing time all right for the wolves d'angelo russell was awful he's shooting 31.8 percent through three games uh four assists and four turnovers it's a small sample size but high inefficiency and high turnovers are nothing new for d'angelo russell so it's not like this is a total fluke he was really really bad last night and he hit a a key three-pointer but he banked it in off like a lousy isolation possession at the top of the key nothing was was working um you know I'm not, well, I don't have him anywhere, but I wouldn't be excited to if I did. <laughs> I have him in one league because all the point guards that I wanted got taken. And then I was like, oh, Jesus, I need mm-hmm. a point guard. I get that. And I took him. I guess they, I'll, I'll spin it this way. Opportunity is there. Minutes are there. The shots are there. <laughs> They're not falling. Yeah. So we know who D'Angelo Russell is. He's not always consistent, but he can have these huge explosive games and i think that's coming so i do think that you can view him as a buy low candidate just know what you're getting know that you're getting a guy that's going to really hurt your field goal percentage and he'll turn over the ball like crazy but he can have these huge explosions with like 2010 games and a lot of triples so that's the upside yep fully second all that i think the dimes and steals will come up the minutes should come up so Uh, everything you said and what else Malik Beasley had five points on one of eight shooting he did play 29 minutes but I see nothing to hang your hat on here I know our colleague Raphael Johnson was was pretty high on Beasley in a six-man role just because he'll you know theoretically uh be cleared to fire at will offensively but I don't see it Mm -mm. and then Jaden yeah no it's good Jaden McDaniels has uh as many defensive stats through the Wolves start this season as he does points. He has 11 of each. I wasn't sure if that's good or bad, Jared. Uh, He's not a guy you look to to score anyway, and he does have 11 stocks. That's uh, combined steals and blocks. So Yeah, I I didn't totally get on board with the hype train on him Mm -hmm. um, because of the lack of commitment from the head coach and it just seems like a carousel at the fourth spot. I think that's concerning. I don't know. He's a little bit off my radar, but yeah, Jaden, he was a guy I was pretty into, but then you mentioned that hype train. It got, it got rolling and all of a sudden his ADP was North of a hundred. I'm thinking, no, thank you. North, yeah, North meaning no lower thanks. than. So <laughs> that didn't make sense, <laughs> but, uh, and then he had a, a really rough preseason and you're right. The biggest need for the wolves is really a power forward and he's too small to play the four. He can play it, but maybe not for, for huge stretches. So I was a little concerned there and the defensive stats are enough to, to hold on to him, but yeah, I'm not super loving, uh, his outlook, especially with the low offensive output. Uh, for the Pacers, Miles Turner, we have to talk about, unfortunately, he vanished again with five points in 14 minutes. I didn't watch this game, but I do not believe that this was uh, foul-induced, as was his previous dud. 
uh, Goga Batanze played 18 minutes off the bench. He had seven points, nine boards, two steals, a triple, a dime. He's more than on the deep league radar. I would say go get Goga. He's a, a permanent blocks machine. Uh, are you worried about Miles? I mean, we saw him blow up for 40 points and then two, two consecutive just duds. I think this is who he is. I think this is who he is. He's really inconsistent. Hmm. And his value is very much rooted in blocks. So when he's not sending away a crazy amount of shots, um, I did not see that 40-point game coming. Mm-hmm. No one did. <laughs> I think that's probably going to be the highlight of the year for him. Um, but look, we're seeing it right now. And you can look at his game log from his entire career. He's really inconsistent. And like I said, when he's not getting those blocks, it, it, it's like a really bad game. Yeah. Because he's not doing much else. Yep. And a big concern for me would be, I mean, we saw 14 minutes last night. Gogo played more than him. O'Shea Brissett played more than him. Heck, Jeremy Lamb played more than him off the bench. Four four different reserves. And it looks for all the world as though Coach Rick Carlisle is much happier to play matchups. And on, Fear Carlisle. On a night. Fear him. Yeah, <laughs> for real. Uh Although he he has been pretty kind to Chris Duarte, we always we always say that Carlisle's ruthless with his rookies, but Duarte is getting all the minutes he can handle. But in any case, it, you know if the front court is going to be game by game, you know you're gonna just have to accept that Miles is gonna vanish every once in a while. Hopefully not to this extent. Speaking of front courts and troubling situations, and there's not much more to talk about, but let's get into the Nets front court. Blake Griffin returned from a rest day. He did absolutely nothing. It was LaMarcus Aldridge's turn for a DMPCD. Paul Millsap played nine minutes and was scoreless. Nicholas Claxton was okay, but only played 16 minutes. Jared, this is a fantasy wasteland. I think everybody hopefully knew that coming in, but I saw LaMarcus Aldridge get drafted in a shocking amount of leagues. Uh, Even Paul Millsap, there was some optimism about in, in certain circles. You know, Claxton, for sure, was it was a late-round darling for many people. I don't really see it. I think there's a little bit of hope for Claxton, but I'm moving on. I don't want anything to do with any part of this. Uh, I'm marginally interested in Aldridge, honestly, in hmm. really deep leagues. That's about it. But I, I don't trust anyone else. Um, it's just... You can throw that really deep league tag on basically anything. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, but he's the only guy I would want. I wouldn't want Claxton. Oh, I got gotcha. Millsap. Really? You would Griffin. take Aldridge over Claxton? Yep. Okay. I mean, we saw he looked pretty good the other night. Um, he looked good. Like, he's going to get minutes. He, I mean, this guy is a how-many-time all-star? Yeah, but he was retired six months ago. I, they're going to rest him. Because of, like, a heart no, I know. or something. But my point is they're going to rest him constantly sure that's why i mean like super deep okay. like this is like we're talking about like malik monk or or, okay. or uh lamarcus aldridge i might actually i, f- I was gonna say i feel like scenario. you've made you actually made that decision <laughs> that was a, bad, that's a weird comparison that a bad example but um i i don't know if you if you're like desperate for a center in, in like a 14 team league i think he's a, i would rather have him than claxton yes even okay. though i think that claxton is the better player I will put that out there. Right. I think Claxton is the better player, but I think Lamarcus is going to get more minutes and is capable of providing more statistics than Claxton is. Claxton needs the minutes. They're not going to come. Yeah. Okay. There's 43 centers on this team. It's actually Kevin Durant, James Harden, rest of centers. Mm-hmm. I love that, that uh, paradox in fantasy sometimes where you have to go with the guy you think you, or you know, in reality is worse just because that's where the stats are, or the minutes are, that kind of thing. 
Uh, all right. I think we can skip Herb Jones. We could talk. I mean, he's been starting. It looks like a strong defender. He scored eight points in 93 minutes. So keep an eye on him. But for now, there's nothing there. Injury lowlights. Uh, the only one I want to talk about is Raul Neto, who hurt his left shoulder. Didn't look great. Uh, I don't think we have a diagnosis yet, but he could be out for a while. If he's out, I quite like Aaron Holiday as a, as a streamer. Would you get into that for DFS at yeah. least, or e- even in a 12-team league? Definitely. Okay. I really like Aaron Holiday's upside. Yeah. So if he has, he just needs the opportunity for the minutes, and if they come, uh, yeah, definitely take a flyer on him. He's he's really talented. Yeah, he had 11 points, four boards, two threes, and a steal in just 18 minutes the other night. Um, I love that. Go, go get him. All right, Jared, I think that will do it for our recap. We managed to get in right around 45 minutes, but it was a busy nine-game slate. And this early in the season, there's always a lot to talk about. So uh, hopefully that helped people out there. And uh, tune in tomorrow for Wednesday's 4x5 episode of The Round Ball Stew. And we'll catch you next Tuesday. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Have you ever spotted McDonald's hot, crispy fries right as they're being scooped into the carton? And time just stands still. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.